I live on Front Street. And uh, the beginning of every school year is quite interesting. Uh, when the bars close, uh, there's a lot of foot traffic comes by our house. And uh, last night's edition was uh, a young gal that was drunk enough that had, she had to sit down and couldn't quite get home, but her boyfriend is there encouraging her, of course. And uh, you know, I'm watching, and I didn't run outside and say, you know, I'm going to use you for your illustrative material, so let me make sure I got my facts right. But this... <laughs> This was my observation, you know. He was very controlling. I mean, really tender in this moment. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure of his motives. I didn't go ask him. Um, that said, I'm looking at that scenario and I'm going, what are the odds of this working out really well for this couple when a guy needs to get a couple cans of courage so he starts talking and she needs to drink a couple cans of courage to, to go home with him. <laughs> and I'm looking at it and saying, all you got to do is diminish your discernment and your ability to think clearly by 50% and this looks like a really good decision. That looks like the basis to start a lifelong journey together, right? But, you know, in a, maybe even this morning, I hope you're not that person. No, I'm glad you got up to come to church. Uh, but in the, in the next days, my assumption is, is like, Really, I did that? You know, or, or this isn't working. I guess I'll have to go try it again. You know, the, it's, <laughs> it's a broken system. And what needs to be understood, that it doesn't matter how many times you go down a path, if it's a, a goofy path, it's not going to end up right. What I want to take you to in the Scripture and in some ways, I, I marvel at the, the difference of you're on a hot day, you're sitting here with the hope of hearing truth in the Lord or hearing God speak to your heart. You know, that's a noble pursuit. But as all of us know, it doesn't necessarily happen on our timetable, but there is this promise in the Lord, if you seek me, you will find me. And I am going to Jeremiah because there's this beautiful passage, if you seek for me with all your heart, I will be found by you. Kurt actually referenced the passage or the, the uh, chapter, but I want to kind of give illustrative material of, of how this, or what, what this setting is. Because the people of Israel had had kind of wandered, not just kind of, they had wandered from God. And so God was getting their attention again through a man named Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, who had hauled off the cream of the crop and the best of their valuables to Babylon. He'd taken their king, he'd taken their elite as far as the people of wisdom. and not, He just 
carted off the best of the land and said, yeah, they'll do fine in my setting and I'll use them for my good. And so he's, he's hauled that group off. The people that are left are debating what's going on and there's two prophets going at it, Hananiah and Jeremiah. And Jeremiah is bringing a negative word and Hananiah is saying in two years it's all going to be good. Don't worry about this. It's a bump in the road. God has good intent, so just do not plan on any troubles. It's going to work out. Jeremiah is going, you're better off taking the long-term approach with this because it's not going to be over in a few days. Jeremiah, at one point, is told by the Lord, make a yoke with straps on it, wear it around. So in other words what usually is put on a beast of burden to carry and haul things, Jeremiah is saying this yoke is going to be on the people of God. This complication, this burden is going to be theirs for a good while. And, uh, you know, nobody wants to hear a message like that, but it's, it's what God is bringing through him. And he says, uh, tell the people, I'm the one who made the heavens and the earth, all the animals. I know all that's going on. And this is what's going to take place through Nebuchadnezzar. I'm going to give him authority. He says, everyone who doesn't submit to him is going to be open to the sword, to uh, plague, and to famine. So it's a... It's a terrible message. Now, if you and I were to hear a similar thing in this country, uh, we wouldn't like that, would we? Um, what, what makes this really interesting to me, Babylon is, the site of Babylon is where current-day Iraq sits. So what if Iraq was to suddenly pull the best from our nation into it today? That's, that's a similar idea. We wouldn't be very happy with that, right? We'd like to hear prophecies that saying, oh, it's short term. But uh, Jeremiah's going, it's not going to be that way. And he says, with prophets, you have to understand, whether they're giving you a good or a bad message doesn't matter. It's what comes out as truth that establishes whether they were false or not. And so he's just, he's throwing it out there and saying, you know, guys have prophesied bad in the past, they've prophesied good. What's the essential defining line? Whether it comes true or not. And so, you know, even when we look at things today, and, and you hear a lot of voices, but one of the evaluators is, does it come true or not? You can come up for prayer and, and receive a word from the Lord. If it's from the Lord, it should come true. It's not just, a, oh, that made me feel really good today. It must be from God. Or, that was kind of depressing. That couldn't have been God. The bottom line is, is it working or not? It's just like, you know... Charlie shares this story. Um, during uh, greeting time, Chuck comes up to me and says, I, I got this phrase. 
God will give grace out of grief, right? Or what, what was the exact? With every grief, there is grace. He's down in Indiana for a funeral. Comes back at the state line. He's crossing this, and he says, I better text that to everybody in my office. Well, they're discussing gr their grief over the loss of a nurse in that moment. Chuck works for hospice. Again, God's timing, right? And there's a, a validity in that that just says, this is real. Jeremiah's going, proof's in the pudding, so to speak. He says, if any nation will bow its neck to the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him, I'll let that nation remain in its own land to till and to live there. He said, if you reject this, terrible times are coming. So that's, that's the setup. Hanani, the other prophet, comes and he breaks the yoke that's on Jeremiah. You know, it's been kind of amazing to watch these two go at it, right? You know, to just see all this playing out, this drama, and going, whoa, you know, this is, they don't necessarily even like each other, do they? You know, and, and just, you know, wonder what's going to happen. Hananiah breaks the yoke and says, within two years, everything's going to be straight. Jeremiah's going, it's going to be 70 years. Then he, the Lord, word of the Lord comes to Jeremiah and comes back to Hananiah and says, you've prophesied falsely, so within the year, you're going to die. And he does. That should be a wake-up call to listen to Jeremiah, right? You know, it's, it's, this is playing out in in realness, and truth. And this warning comes and says, 70 years you're going to be taken away. 70 years you're going to live in a foreign land. 70 years is going to cover that time frame. That's what the writer Daniel, he's living in that other land. He was one of those elite. He's living in that land, and he gets to the end of the thing, and he says, I realize from the prophecy of Jeremiah this thing's 70 years, and he starts praying about it and praying into it. Incredible. But anyway, Jeremiah's there, and uh, he writes a letter to the people in Babylon, and this is the letter that he writes. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give daughters in marriage so they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Boy, I like that phrase. You'll get that message later. <laughs> Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Even in our own nation, in me, there's a lot of tension and going, can I pray for blessing when I see all the profaneness of what's going on? I take a prayer like this out of Jeremiah and I go, he was saying, even in a foreign land in a, in, with a profane king, pray that they're blessed so that your own life will prosper. He didn't see any problem in praying that way. Now in me, there's the thing of going, I want to see the kingdom of God flourish, but I'm, 
I'm carnal enough to say I would like it to happen and to live well in this life too. And I'm looking at a prayer like this and going, Lord, I'd like to be able to flourish in this lifetime and in the future. Primarily the future. Do whatever you need to do. He says, seek peace and prosperity. He says, don't let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. They're prophesying lies in my name, and I've not sent them. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I'll give to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. So even before it's happening, he's saying 70 years is what's going to happen there. Now, I, I remind you, the people who went to Babylon aren't going to have the ability to make this come true, right? The king who's over Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, isn't going to be living. Even the kingdom of Babylon is no longer going to be existent when this is done. They don't know that. But in all of that, God is still going to accomplish his purposes. So, you know, if we were looking at that in our setting and saying, I have no clue what the next 70 years holds for this country. Or our world as we know it. I don't know who's going to be ruling. I don't know who's not going to be ruling. I don't know what it's going to look like. But the word of God is coming through Jeremiah and saying, I'm going to reestablish you as a people in this setting. So that's a pretty bold prophecy. But listen to this. He says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart, and I will be found by you. There's a general principle of the Lord that he sees humanity with favor, and he desires to work good into their lives. There are times when he will take them off into exile, and, and you may feel like you're in a time of exile even in this moment. You may feel like there are things happening that you have no control over that you really don't want to have happen. That does not mean that the good hand of God has been removed from your life, and that does not mean that he has removed good intent from you. But he uses all situations for his good, and he uses all situations to bring you to a place of wholeness in him. And there are times when it feels like exile. There are times when it is literally exile. But it does not mean that the hand of God is removed. So even before this moment, he's saying 70 years, that's what's going to take place. And the people living through that don't have any option about changing those circumstances, but they have opportunity to believe that God's hand is still on them. So sometimes we're walking into things and we're going, I don't get it. I'm not sure where this is going. I don't understand. There are people controlling my destiny in ways that I wish they wouldn't. 
They're moving me around in, in things that I don't like, and they're making decisions over me that really don't benefit me in the, in the short term. And yet the hand of God is working through that situation. And he's making this declaration to the people of God, seek me with all your heart and you will find me. What an incredible thing. He, <laughs> Jeremiah goes on to say, and he declares trouble for those that are rebels and those that are prophesying false things. You know, he just, he, he makes an interesting observation that's timely for this day. He says, there's some religious leaders that have been sleeping with their neighbor's wives and they've been prophesying all this stuff. And he says, God's going, I got your number. I know what you're doing. It, to me, it's like the Ashley Madison thing. It's like, whoops, out there for the whole world. I'm going to get off for just a second. If your name's there, I encourage you to get it clean and not let the devil choose when it becomes out in public. Right? You know, when we, when we live in profanity, it doesn't mean that Satan's not going to let it be revealed just because we're doing what he's drawn us into. It's more that he's going to choose his timing, and I'll guarantee you it's not for your benefit or the best time. So you're better off saying, God, I'm scared stiff, but I need to get this out in the open. And then make it clean. There are any number of folks in this room that have had to make it clean in times past uh, and found forgiveness in the Lord. And I assume as long as we're doing our job, there are going to continue to be folks in this room that need that kind of help. But in the Lord, that's what we find. We find forgiveness and healing. We find restoration. And so I just encourage you, that's, that's where it's at. You know, and, you know, you, you can put it off and let, <laughs> let Satan reveal it when he wants, or you can deal with it and get it taken care of and just not be worried by that is it going to come out thing. That's a horrible thing to live with. Okay, back to the scripture. Um, he just, he goes on to say of, of others, you know, he says, I am not going to let this go untouched or unpunished, this declaration that this is from God and it isn't. So what we've, what we've gone through, like in this passage, is that you have a conflict of culture, you have the conflict of, of kingdoms, you have the conflict of even religious leaders. And yet God is still speaking in that setting. And at times there's conflict simply to real, reveal that there really is a message from the Lord and, and there, are, there is a false message being declared. You can't just assume that 
because there's peace, that that means that God's in that. But at times, there's going to be clashes, and there's going to be declarations that say, no, this isn't where God's going, this isn't what he's saying. But in you, there is the ability through the power of the Holy Spirit to have a sense and to know what is truth. That's the beauty of what we have in the Lord. That if you are willing to listen, he will speak truth into your life. If you seek him with all your heart, what? He will be found by you. And that's the privilege that we have in the Lord. So I encourage you. Let's continue to seek the Lord's voice. Let's seek for him with all our hearts. Let's do what we know is appropriate in seeking his will and his plan. You don't have to get drunk to find a lover. That's, that's one simplification of it. But there's more, right? Your occupation can be opened up by the Lord. The degree that you get can be settled by him. The restoration of family, the restoration, that can be taken care of in the Lord. All of that that we, you know, we look at and say, even, even what I, I look at with our country and I'm going, God, only you could sort this out. This is messed up enough that only you could fix it, but you can fix it. And I call for that. I pray for it. That's what I desire. 